and uh, you'll see the reasons why as I get into it. Hallelujah. Okay, opening scriptures here. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 19. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to, unto them, I beheld Satan fall as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. John chapter, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And finally, Psalm 91 verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Jesus, I desperately need your presence here this morning, Lord. More than any other message, I think I need your anointing and your clarity of thought to share with your people, Lord, the message that you have given me this morning. And Lord, I know that I'm walking right into the den of vipers and lions. I'm stirring up the hornet's nest by talking about what I'm going to talk about today. So Lord, I need your protection and your anointing especially, Lord. And I pray that your blessed Holy Spirit would rest upon me as I bring forth this message and may it penetrate our heart. And Lord, help us to all see ways that we can apply this message to our own lives. Lord, not only in dispelling the forces of darkness in our own lives, but Lord, our loved ones too, because we have many loved ones that are out there and they're bound up by the enemy, but we have power over him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, <clears throat> every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Lord, help us to learn to apply this, to invoke your name, Lord, when we see our loved ones and uh, even ourselves uh, in bondage to the enemy, Lord, because this is not your will. You want us to be free, Lord God. We're ch children of God, just as we heard in this uh, the worship service, Lord, the last song, Lord. We are who you say we are. We're children of God, and therefore we have power over the enemy. And we thank you for, Lord, vi visiting us now in your strength and power. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, now this is the fourth message that I've been speaking about. We've been talking about the name of Jesus and the tremendous power that is in the name. Specifically, the last four messages that have dealt with this series have been the, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over the forces of darkness, the spiritual forces, the force, forces of wickedness in high places, as Paul uh, puts. And one of the things that we've learned in this series is that all believers, <coughs> excuse me, and not just the clergy, 
have the authority to cast out demons. Not only in exorcisms, but to get rid of them in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. That means every one of us has the authority to use the name of Jesus over the forces of darkness. Say that with me. I have authority over the forces of darkness through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So this applies to us in all areas of life, our own personal lives, the lives of those around us, especially our loved ones and in our nation and ultimately the entire world. This is, is the saying done goes where the rubber meets the road. Now, I've talked about other three areas that we can use the, life, the name of Jesus in our lives. You know, gifts of healing, uh, gifts, uh, uh, miracles over nature, and raising the dead. Now, most likely, just about all of us, with the exception of uh, maybe healing, if somebody gives us a, the gift of healing, we'll never use it in those other areas. But against the forces of darkness... You use that every day. Amen? Every day you go to battle. That's what this entire series is, winning this spiritual battle. And I started this uh, winning, the spiritual, uh, uh, winning the spiritual battle. This is uh, number 125. I've been, at, I've been preaching about this for 125 weeks. Hallelujah. And this is where we can really put it into play. Now, last week we examined the forces of darkness, how it operates in three areas of our lives. First of all, the role of these forces of darkness in deception. Second of all, the role of the forces of darkness in sickness. And three, most importantly, the role of the forces of darkness in sin, how they operate in our lives, enticing us to sin. The role of demons in deception. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The spirit of deception there. And we see it in the multitude of cults and religions uh, uh, to the sin that is so pervasive. You know, this woke culture trying to desensitize us to sin in uh, our, our world. And it's not just the world and the culture that we're living in, but even in the church. And I mentioned several areas that the church must uh, put the spirits to the test. It could be in prophecy. If a prophecy is given in the church, it's, uh, the uh, word says to test all things, hold fast to that which is good. First Thessalonians 5 verse 21. You also put all preaching and teaching to the test. Even what I preach from this pulpit, I want you to put me to the test. And uh, it also goes from not only the pulpit here, but also what you hear about in radio and TV stations and even books. Okay? Role of demons in sickness. We do know that demons can cause sickness particularly can cause mental problems. 
for certain because we read about one particular case in Matthew chapter 17 verses 14 through 18. The, woman, the, the, the young boy that had a spirit of uh, epilepsy was causing seizures and many other people have mental problems and I think chances are if a person has a mental uh, problem He's in a men he or she is in a mental institution. I believe really strongly that the majority of those cases are caused by malevolent spirits that oppress and even possess people. Okay. Another example of demons causing infirmities is found in Matthew chapter. 12 verse 22 then they brought him a demon possessed man who was blind and mute and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see so we can conclude that there are times when physical infirmities can be caused by demons but don't assume that every sickness or infirmity is caused by a demonic presence because it probably isn't okay now, last week, we got into the role of demons in sin. And if you remember, if you were here last week, I told you that certain types of demons specialize in different sins, such as there's a, a spirit, a malevolent spirit behind substance abuse. Uh, there's a malevolent uh, uh, spirit behind the desire to accumulate a lot of possessions. It just completely overwhelms people and they just have to try to get all that they can. Food addictions. You have a food addiction. You know, there's the, there may be a malevolent uh, <clears throat> presence behind that too. And especially sexual sins. We'll get into that later. But, you know, just because I think that there's demons behind these different uh, uh, problem areas of our lives... That doesn't mean that we can go around saying, well, I've got this problem because the devil makes me do it. The devil doesn't make you do anything, brothers and sisters. You do it because you want to do it. And the devil just plays upon that desire and uh, tempts you in that p particular area. James chapter uh, uh, 1 verses 13 through 15 tells us that everyone is... Uh, <clears throat> You know, sin because they are drawn away by their own lust and uh, they are enticed. That's what temptation is all about. And as I mentioned before, I think the devil begins probing our lives very early as soon as we become cognizant of the world around us. And he is a fisher of men. We're supposed to be fishers of men, right? But the devil's a fisher of men too. He throws out bait and tries to get us to bite on it. And if we bite on it, then they, we develop a weakness in that area. And he'll keep doing it and he'll try to reel you in, in uh, <clears throat> and control you. As mentioned uh, uh, also, dopamine... It's a chemical that's secreted up there in the brain that you might call it the, the pleasure drug. We get hooked on that dopamine. And we, when we, you know, engage in that particular practice, maybe uh, an eating disorder, 
maybe looking at pornography or maybe spending time with this collection or that collection. You know, her brain secretes that dopamine and gives us pleasure doing it. And that's how the devil uses to reel us in. Okay? Including, of course, substance abuse too. Okay, so I, I was talking about this, giving some examples last week. Substance abuse, that can be hereditary. So if alcoholism runs in your family, maybe he's going to try to tempt you with that very early. <clears throat> some people really find pleasure in their drug of choice. Other examples, I've mentioned eating disorders, possessions, you know, a swelling bank account. We look at how big our bank account is getting, or how some people how little, and uh, we see a big bank account, and we begin to uh, uh, you know have pleasure in that. Could get that dopamine rush too if you're gossiping, talking to somebody about some other person. Some people get great pleasure in that. How I many you know what I'm saying? Say amen. You know, some people really get a lot of pleasure in, uh, uh, you know, talking about other people and putting them down. And that's not from God, is it, brothers and sisters? Fame and power. It appeals to what the Apostle John wrote as the pride of life. And one particular example that I concluded with last week was sexual addictions. And my contention is that the, there are demonic forces that specialize in these areas of sexual addictions. And I, in my experience, brothers and sisters, as these are some of the most powerful forces that you have to deal with. And that's why they are so hard to break. It can happen to men and women alike. And I, my experience, again, too, from what I've observed, is the more perverted the activity, the harder it is to break. And that's why homosexuality, as an example, is so hard to get rid of. Also, the earlier the start in life, the harder it is to break. And that's the reason why it's so abhorrent, you know, of these people that think that there's... Uh, no harm in teaching small children about these things. And if you watch the news, it's been in the news an awful lot about how these liberals, certain liberal teachers, see no harm in telling all uh, young children all about the... I don't want to go into detail, but, you know, uh, just uh, hear the news about this. And I, as I mentioned, too, these are things that if an adult talked about in the workplace, he or she could get nailed for sexual harassment. And here they are talking to our young children about that. Now, God forbid that we ever reach the place where we no longer feel guilty about these sins, both individually and as a nation. And that's what the extreme left is trying to do, is they are trying to desensitize our nation to these uh, sins. They're preaching, they're telling us, oh, they're just normal. No, they're not normal. They violate the, God's biblical standard of morality. And they are of the highest evil. 
You know, we talk, in one way they, they desensitize it, I mentioned last week too, about Pride Month. You know, the Pride Month, the uh, uh, gay, the LGBTQ uh, people, or all the rest of that thing, you know, they say, well, I've accepted the way I am, and I was, this is the way that God made me, therefore it's okay. In fact, I am proud of the way I am. And I want you to participate in this Pride uh, week. And if you don't, then you're a bigot. This is the rationale behind this. Okay? They're trying to desensitize our culture. And that's why we as a church need to stand up against it because it is sin. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to preach that from here. It is sin. Now, David Wilkerson preached a sermon called uh, Satisfied Sinners. If you can cue that up now, uh, Sean. Uh, there's a little illustration here that he talks about here that I, uh, I, I talked about it last week and I wanted you to hear it from uh, the way that he illustrates it. Go ahead and uh, uh, kick that off if you would. Uh. I'm thinking too of another uh, situation when I had heard of a young boy living like a dog in a basement. They described it to him and I couldn't believe it. A 17-year-old boy whose parents had died when he was 12 years old He'd run away because he didn't want the welfare department to put him in institution. He found an old tenement house, a dilapidated tenement house, and the superintendent let him sleep in the basement if he'd do some chores and take care of the furnace. And the boy was 17 years old when I found him, a heroin addict, and I went in the basement, a dark, dirty, rat and roach-infested basement, filthy, damp, and dark. And there in a corner, he had it fixed up like a little room. He had a pile of rags that he slept on. He had a calendar on the wall that was two years old, a picture of his mother and a candle. And this was his room. I looked around and there he was, sitting over in another corner, high as he could be. His eyeballs were yellow, he was full of hepatitis and jaundice. Seventeen years old, an animal. He hadn't bathed in months. He ate junk food, robbed and stole for money to support his habit. We picked that boy up. I couldn't believe that in America we had kids living like dogs. I picked him up. We put him in the car and took him to the center and cleaned him up. Uh, the cook got him a good hot meal. The first hot meal he'd had, I'm sure, in months. Took him into the chapel. Showed him what Christ had done for other junkies. He, he said, I want to try. And friends, that night at midnight, we put Manny to bed in new pajamas, beautiful clean sheets, nice downy soft pillow, and two boys to stay up with him all night to help him kick cold turkey, wipe the sweat from his brow to pray with him. And I'd been gone a few weeks and went down to my office after putting him in the room with the boys. And I was dictating some letters in the dictaphone machine. About two o'clock, I flipped it off and leaned back in the chair. And I thought of that boy up in that room. And I thought of boys like Nicky Cruz. And I thought, now, Lord, that's pure religion and undefiled. And there's nothing in the world that brings such a sense of, of, of fulfillment as to be a part of this wonderful scheme of God's grace. Uh, that, oh Lord, if, with all the problems, this makes it worth it all. And I conjured in my mind, uh, maybe another Nicky Cruz, sending him to college, and, and one day a man of God walking back in the street and saying, there's where God found me. And I felt so good. About 2 o'clock, or 2.30 rather, I heard a blood-curling scream my office opened to the main lobby, 
And I went to the door just in time to see Manny running out the door, throwing on his clothes, screaming like a wild man. I chased him down the block. He went down the subway. A train arrived, and he went off into the night. I missed the train. Went back to the center and asked them what had happened. They said, we don't know. He he was sleeping. He woke up. He grabbed his clothes, screaming, and ran. The next day, I went up to Harlem, into the basement. He wasn't there. I looked all over, all over five or six blocks, and finally found him in a little cafe, drinking a cup of coffee. He tried to run when he saw me. I said, Manny, look, why'd you run out on me? Come on, my car's out there. Let's get back. He said, no, sir, and I want you to leave me alone. He said, you did a terrible thing to me last night. I said, what do you mean? He said, mister, I don't have much left in life, but the little I've got left, you took away from me. And I, I thought of that calendar and a picture of his mother and, and uh, the candle. I thought, well, we could get that stuff if that's what he's relating to. He said, mister, and I'll never forget it, you took my security. I said, you're what? He said, my security. He said, that's just a, a, a hole in the wall to you. But he said, for four years, that's been my home, and I've grown accustomed to it. And to tell you the truth, I like it. He said, I like shooting drugs. I like living in that basement. Don't you understand? I didn't want to go with you. I was sick. He said, you fed me. That's nice. You're being a good man. You're trying to help people. That's fine. But he said, I don't want your help. Don't you understand? You put me in new pajamas in a clean bed. I hadn't slept in a mattress for years. He said, I woke up. I was so miserable. I felt my body was crawling with worms. He said, I was miserable. He said, please, don't you understand? I'm satisfied just the way things are. And I had to walk out after an hour. He wouldn't listen. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I got in a car and I shook my head and said, I don't believe it. How a kid can prefer a rat-infested basement to the love we were trying to give him. And the tragedy is, friends, and this is documented in one of my books. Manny died six months later in the Brooklyn Hospital, cirrhosis of the liver. And I've never forgotten his face. You see, to me, Manny and Carla represent a whole new breed of sinner that, that we are uh, breeding in America today. I call the satisfied sinner. You see, the way... ...about is he said a whole new breed of sinner. Let me tell you, satisfied sinners have been around from time immemorial. And it's a danger that every one of us faces, and not just ourselves, but with our loved ones too. Now, David Wilkerson went on later on in that sermon to talk about people that had a reprobate mind, or totally depraved mind. And as I was talking last week, I said this is the last stage of Gentile world uh, degradation as you find in the latter verses of Romans chapter 1. Last, uh, the first stage was uh, uh, <clears throat> idolatry. Second, second stage is sexual immorality. And the third is the reprobate mind or totally depraved mind. That, and David Wilkinson explains what a, a reprobate mind is. It's a mind that is totally sold out to a lie. Now that was true of... Uh, uh, of the uh, young man that he talks about in that story, uh, Manny, and look what it, it landed him. It landed him in, ultimately in the grave just six months later. He died of sclerosis of the liver. Now, it's reprobate mind is total unbelief concerning what God says about a particular sin. And may God never allow any of us to reach that state. I've also 
was thinking I was thinking this week just the last couple of days about Stockholm syndrome you say what's what's uh, Stockholm syndrome well according to Cleveland Clinic Stockholm syndrome is a coping mechanism to a captive or abusive situation People develop positive feelings toward their captors or abusers over time. This condition applies to situations regarding child abuse, coach-athlete abuse, relationship abuse, and sex trafficking. Now, the history of the Stockholm uh, uh, Syndrome is this. A bank robber in uh, Stockholm, Sweden in 1973 took four people, three women and one man, Hostage, you know, with a botched uh, bank robbery. And he took them hostage, brought, uh, imprisoned them and himself in a bank vault. And there they stood for uh, six days. He got the people to release a particular criminal that he uh, had worked with before. And the two of them held those four people hostage for six days. And they, the hostages, developed kind of an affinity uh, for the uh, uh, for the the uh, bank robber. You know, the the two men that were holding them captive. They felt, uh, you know, uh, affection toward them, and so much so that they refused to testify in court later on when they were freed, because it seems like this bank robber and his partner really sweet talked them a lot showed them compassion. There was one of the ladies that was feeling cold and he lent her, you know, his uh, uh, sweater. And, uh, you know, another woman was claustrophobic. He let her wander around outside the bank vault for a little bit, provided she was tethered to him by a uh, uh, 30-foot rope. You know, different things like that. And they developed this uh, compassion and uh, affection towards this robber. So much so, as I mentioned, that they uh, uh, refused to testify against him when the thing ultimately went down and went to court. Another example is uh, Patty Hearst. How many of you remember Patty Hearst? Joke. Yep, well, this is a joke. Well, that happened in 1974. You know, the uh, Symbionese uh, Liberation Army, a left-wing, uh, uh, you know, violent organization, uh, kidnapped her, kept her hostage for uh, a couple of months or something like that, and uh, they abused her a lot, but she developed this affection towards her so much that she joined their side. And of course, you know, when the whole thing, uh, everything went down, you know, she tried in court, you know, she'd been, uh, you know, observed, you know, by the uh, video cameras of committing a bank robbery one time with them. And so, uh, you know, the, she was being charged with bank robbery and some of the other crimes. She was ultimately given a seven-year sentence, which in turn was uh, commuted and then even pardoned by President Clinton. But that was her excuse, that she suffered from this Stockholm uh, uh, syndrome, you know, and uh, uh, <clears throat> and ultimately the jury didn't buy it and she received that sentence. But th this is what I'm talking about. Now, what, what does th this have to do with the subject I'm talking about? Well, the thing is, 
Remember what Jesus said regarding the devil. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? The devil will steal from you anything he can. And that includes the fruit of the Spirit. He'll steal the love out of your heart. If you have a problem with substance abuse and it uh, breaks the heart of your, uh, uh, you know, your family and friends, but you don't care about that. You only have a love for the substance that you're uh, abusing. Uh, it'll steal away from you your joy. It will steal away from you your peace. He will steal away from you your patience. And he would kill you. The devil would kill you if he could. But he can't take your life until it's time for you to go home. But if not, he goes for the next best thing uh, uh, for him. And that is to destroy your life. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And an excellent way to do that is to completely control you. Remember, brothers and sisters, we're dealing with spiritual forces that only desire to control people. And the earlier he can do, in, do this in your life, the better and more ingrained it becomes to you. Again, that's exactly why this teaching our uh, young children, th these gender things and uh, garbage like that is such a, um, an abomination. You know, the sooner the devil can implant that spirit of lust and immorality, the more ingrained it becomes in you. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God will not let that go unanswered. He is going to put a stop to that, whether it has to be through us speaking out and getting rid of this garbage in our schools or by bringing judgment to this nation. God is not going to let it continue. You know, Jesus said, what did Jesus say about this? He said it would be better for a man that causes these little children, that it would be better for him that a millstone be hanged about his neck and thrown into the uttermost parts of the sea. You know, God is going to bring judgment to these people. And the problem is, the, the ones that are teaching, they don't see any problem with it. They think it's cute and funny. You know, I saw, I posted uh, something on Facebook uh, this past week that I read. It said, uh, don't ask yourself why uh, children need to hear drag queens, um, you know, uh, these drag queen uh, presentations that they're doing. Ask yourself, why do the drag queens want to uh, teach this to young children? And I had to say amen. Okay, now the Stockholm Syndrome application. Those that are taken captive by these sins. Substance abuse, sexual immorality, and the other sins that have been mentioned. They develop an affinity and affection toward the spirit behind that addiction. The spiritual forces will sweet talk the one that they have captivated. They will say to him, you know, uh, remember the good times that I used to give you. How you could escape through me, through getting high, you know, escape all your problems that are in this world, or escape into this world of fantasy, you know, 
You can do that. I've, I've given you all these good times. You don't really want to give me up, do you? That's what he says to these people. You wonder how your relatives, you see them, their lives getting destroyed. That's exactly what the devil is doing. And the devil is a master of psychology, brothers and sisters. He's been at this. Ever since human history began, he's been doing this. He knows what he's doing. And he will play you like a fiddle. He will play your relatives that are bound up in these addictions like a fiddle. And this is exactly what he does. That's why these are so hard to break. And he would kill you if he could, but if not, he goes for the best thing for him, and that is to destroy your life. And as I said, an excellent way to do this is to control control you. You know, when I was having problems with alcohol abuse, you know, I used to go to AA and I'd hear them throw out terms like self-destructive behavior or a life-controlling habit. And these are true, brothers and sisters. That's exactly what it is. But thank God I'm free from that. I've been clean and sober now for 16 years. And if I can do it, you can do it too. I pray that none of you get involved in this. But if, if even if you don't, maybe you know somebody that does. So you have, you know, I'm just trying to, to enlighten you, brothers and sisters. Now, there's a couple of ways that I thought about that people deal with sin. First of all, is that there's a hiding. You remember the story of Adam and Eve? After they disobeyed God and partook of the forbidden fruit, what did they do? Well, it tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. 7 and 8. Then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So what happened? They sinned. Adam and Eve felt shame. They felt like God would no longer love them because they disobeyed him. And they, they would be punished for what they had done. They became very uh, defensive and they hid from God. So they hid from God and they also covered themselves up. So that, that's what the person that's engaged in these practices, they try to hide it from other people. And they try to cover up their sin. They cover it up by making excuses for it. Well, this is just the way that I am. You know, I can't help myself. Well, yes, you can. You can help yourself. The result of these sins. Sleeping. Uh, this is a primary result of falling down repeatedly in a particular sin. The devil lulls people into a spiritual sleep. And Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter, <clears throat> uh, chapter 13... Verses 11 through 14. And do this, knowing that the time is, it is, 
knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to obey its lust. You know, as I went through this, I realized that he, he lists three pairs of sins there. Revelry and drunkenness, lewdness and lust, and strife and envy. There's three pairs right there. Two of them deal with that substance abuse. Another two deal with the sexual addictions that I've been talking about. And so these are to be put aside and we can have victory over them in the name of Jesus. Engaging in those sins will put you to sleep spiritually. And you can do nothing from God. You know, you have a, a person that's sleeping. You ever do anything for God while you're sleeping? Can't do very much, can you? Amen? Now, God can communicate to you. Sometimes he does it with me through uh, uh, dreams, you know, while I'm asleep. But you're not out there evangelizing anybody while you're sleeping. So the devil is trying to lull you to sleep and thereby sterilize your Christian witness. Other results of sin... Sickness, spiritual sickness, sometimes physical sickness, but more often it's more of a spiritual sickness. And I was thinking about this too. You know, we all have that spiritual sickness within us. It's called the Adamic nature. And just as sickness in each of us manifests itself in different ways, some of us get the flu, some of us get covid some of us get ALS, these different manifestations of disease. But we've all got this spiritual sickness latent within us, and it pursues us through that Adamic nature until the day that we pass on from the, this earth. But I was thinking if you get sick with nausea, and what happens when you get nauseated? Many times you vomit, you know, and some of these manifestations. I was just thinking that, you know, the, the person's got this sickness of uh, substance abuse, for example, and when they poke the needle into their arm or smoke that joint or something like that, it's like that sickness is manifesting. It, 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 they're vomiting, so to speak, okay? You know, these are just th things that I'm I was think, I've been thinking about, you know, the way that these sicknesses get manifested. We also become spiritually weak. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the last verse is in there. Everybody should know this. What, what do those verses deal with? They deal with the proceedings for 
the partaking of the Lord's Supper. And Paul says in verse 28, Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, you better get right with God before you partake of the elements. And if you don't, verse, 20, verse 30 there. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. You know, I've always heard that verse quoted, saying that if you don't, you know, uh, partake worthily, God's going to bring judgment on you, and you're going to get weak, and you're going to get sick, you know, physically, and if you sleep, some of you are even going to die. Well, I'm, that's probably part of it, but I see more of what uh, uh, Paul was talking about there in the Romans passage about spiritually sleeping, spiritually sickly, spiritually weak. I think that's more of what it's talking about. You're going to bring more of these. And let's face it, if you, ha if you fall down, if you're bound up by some habit, that's a form of judgment too. And you've got to decide once and for all, you're going to get right with God. And you're going to pray like never before for your loved ones that may be bound up in these habits. Okay, now I'm going to wrap up here. I want to say that, you know, this particular message, I think the devil has attacked me more, you know, in regards to it than ever before. Because as I prayed in the beginning, I'm, when I talk about this, I'm pulling back the curtain. You know the story of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, how Dorothy pulled back the curtain. That's exactly what I've done in this message, brothers and sisters. I pulled that, the curtain into the spirit world so you can see how the devil is operating, not only in your life and the lives of your loved ones. Okay? Been attacked spiritually more than anything else. You know, the devil hates this message. He wants to lull you to sleep. He doesn't want you to know these things. My purpose in preaching this message is to enlighten you. I don't think I've ever preached a message like this strongly about this particular subject. But the good news, brothers and sisters, is God is still on the throne. We're not weak and helpless before the devil if we repent and get right with him and start using the name of Jesus as what I've been preaching here. The verse I quoted just a couple of minutes ago, Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The devil cannot stop the dawn, brothers and sisters. I told you that story of uh, when uh, uh, the hail bop was around this back in 1997, 20, 25 years ago. I got up 
at uh, two o'clock, woke up my daughter because she wanted to go too, and I bundled her and my uh, telescope off and we drove 75 miles out in the, uh, to the desert. It was an hour and a half drive, so we must have got there about maybe 3.30 a.m. And I set up the telescope and I'm looking at the uh, uh, comet through my telescope and then all of a sudden off to the east there, it started looking like it was getting light. And I thought to myself, well, the nearest town is El Centro, and that's about 40 or 50 miles away from where we are. You know, why is it getting light over there? And then gradually it got brighter and brighter. And I said, no, it's the sun coming up. I don't want the sun to come up. I want the dark sky so I can look at the comet. But you know what? I couldn't stop that sun from coming up. Nothing in this world could stop that from the sun from coming up. And that's the way it is with the devil. He can't stop the sun coming up when he returns. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the one who gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Amen? I always say, in a confrontation between light and darkness... Light wins 100% of the time. Amen? All you've got to do is turn on the light. You're in a dark room. You know, how do you get rid of the darkness? Do you try to sweep it out? Do you try to vacuum it out? Doesn't work. What do you do? Flip on that light switch and the light goes away, or the darkness goes away. Amen? So, you've got to turn on the light. Same thing with love and hate. Brothers and sisters, we need to get in our minds that the devil hates us. You cannot bargain with him. You cannot reason with him. You cannot compromise with him. Trying to get rid of some sin in your life? Well, I'm going to cut down. No, you don't cut down. You repent. You get rid of it. You deal with that sin. The devil is relentless. He doesn't feel remorse. He doesn't feel pity. He will not stop until one of two things happens. That you, <clears throat> he destroys you or you begin to take authority over him in the name of Jesus. So, finally... God's love is stronger than the devil's hate. There is nothing stronger, no force stronger in the universe than God's love. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, and then verses 37 through 39, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? You know, sometimes I think the problem with America is we aren't having to deal with these things like Paul had to do back in his time. You know, you read uh, his testimony regarding his apostleship, all the things he had to endure for the gospel of Christ. You know, we don't have to do these th endure these things. You know, we're not getting whipped for our uh, faith. We're not suffering shipwreck. We're not being thrown into prison. 
as a whole, like he was. And sometimes I think that's what we need. You know, I've heard that uh, the Christians that are over there in China, they're praying for America. You know what they're praying for? They're praying that uh, uh, the Christians over here in America will get uh, uh, persecuted for their faith, just like they're getting persecuted. Because they see the persecution of the faith. You know, it's like going through the fiery trial. It brings a purification. This church in America is decadent now that we're permitting these sins. And this is what we maybe need, is we need to go through that fire. But Paul's assurance is that none of these things will separate us from the love of God. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So my final thought that I want to leave you with is God's love for us is unconditional. Amen? And so... Our loved ones that are bound up in these sins, our love for them needs to be unconditional too. Amen? I would urge you, don't blame the person that's bound up in those uh, sins. Blame the spirit that is behind the, uh, the sin. And pray that God's light will penetrate that darkness that the devil has put in their soul. Pray that God's love would overwhelm them and overwhelm the love, the affection, the affinity that they feel for that sin. Brothers and sisters, that's the way to pray. You've got a loved one that's uh, you know, bound up in these habits, pray for them and come against that spirit that is operating behind and pray that God's light will penetrate their soul and his love would overwhelm them. Amen? And we have the victory through the name of Jesus. I told you before, speak to that spirit. Say, spirit of lust, spirit of substance abuse, of alcoholism, I come against you in the almighty name of Jesus. And I command that you desist from troubling my loved one, my friend or my relative. Name them by name. Speak to the Spirit, because it's the Spirit that is operating behind them and keeping them bound up in that. Okay. I've finished. I want to conclude with a, uh, a song that I really love. And it's... The song that says, I need you, Lord, I need you. And that's the only way you're going to achieve victory is when you say that prayer to Jesus. I need you, Lord.
brothers and sisters I know that I need him that's the only way I can defeat the enemy in my life he's my one defense my righteousness amen hallelujah okay father lord I just pray that you just uh, take this message and help us to apply it to our own lives lord Lord, we know that the forces of darkness are out there and they're doing everything they can to shipwreck our faith. And Lord, they'll use any weakness in our lives to try to sway us, Lord, to cause us to drift away from you. So Lord, help us to be on guard, Lord, to be ever alert to spiritual danger. And Lord, help us to never forget that you love us, Lord. With you there is love and holiness and goodness, Lord, and joy and peace and all the good things that all of us want in life. And with the devil there's nothing but hatred and, Lord, strife. And, Lord, help us to remember this, Lord God. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. Okay, so let's go on ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Pastor Sandra is not here today. She was here last week. I talked to her on the phone on uh, Monday. And, uh, you know, I was concerned with her because she's got that low blood pressure and uh, driving all the way from Hurricane to come here. You know, I was afraid that uh, she might have one of her fainting spells. But she uh, made it okay. But she commented, you know what she said to me? She said, coming to church last Sunday was not fun. And the problem is, she still associates the church so much with Randy. And she's got so much of a broken heart now. We all loved Randy. We miss him so much. And we don't understand why God took him, but he did. Pastor Sandra comes here and, you know, but she she still wants to be very much involved with the uh, church. And so let's continue to pray for her. I expect she'll be coming back maybe only once or twice a month. Uh, I don't know. Dolly and I are going to see her tomorrow, you know, when we drive in there to uh, Washington to go to Costco and do our heavy-duty shopping. We'll see her, and I'll talk to her more about it. And sometimes, you know, and please don't anybody tell this, you know, uh, you know, it might be good for her to get involved in the Assemblies of God Church in Hurricane. But I never want to tell her that. And so never mention this to her, you know, what I said. But I don't want her to feel like I'm trying to force her out because I'm not. I love Pastor Sandra. And we need her at the church here too. But anyway, I continue to pray for her, God, that God would heal her broken heart. She misses Randy so much. And God's not finished with her yet. Amen? God will only take you home when he's finished with you. And if nothing else, you know, I want her praying for this church, praying and interceding. Especially like older women, because older women pray a lot. Amen? You know, I heard that uh, Billy Graham once uh, attributed the, his success to the fact when early in his ministry he got a bunch of older women praying for him. So I need people praying for, for uh, uh, me and praying for this church. Amen? Okay, so pray for uh, Pastor Sandra. Pray for her physical well-being too. Uh, I understand she, she hasn't told me this, but she's trying to juggle her medication. One of the things that uh, problems that she has, of course, is that uh, she's in so much pain. But if she takes one of the pain medication, 
then she can't drive. And <clears throat> if she doesn't take the uh, pain medication, then she suffers a lot from, from the pain. So she's kind of in uh, between the proverbial rock and hard spot. But anyway, pray for her. Pray for Pastor Sandra. <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, uh, when I talked to her on the, the Tuesday afterward, in fact, she called me up and she was talking to, uh, about uh, Sean. Sean has been doing stuff with standing up our church web page. And she wanted to talk to, to me. And uh, <clears throat> she said she talked to him about an hour. In fact, I'm going to be talking to him and Trevi after uh, church about further things that we can do with the web page. Yeah, but anyway, uh, and I asked uh, Sean, I said, Sean, did you call her or did she call you? She, and she said, uh, he said, she called me. So it's a sign that you know, Pastor Sandra still wants to be very much a part of this church and involved in the ministry. Okay, pray for, pray for Pastor Sandra. Okay. Um, continue to pray for uh, Ethan. Pam and uh, Trevi. Other physical needs in the congregation here? Okay. John and uh, Pastor Sandra's neighbor, Jackie. Again, they suffered uh, strokes, debilitating strokes. Did she? I didn't hear that. Oh, I didn't. I hadn't even heard that. Oh, I had not even heard. Okay. Oh. Bereen. Other physical needs in the congregation? Okay. 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 Um, other needs in the congregation? Okay, pray for our nation. I've been mentioning the spirit of lust here. Really need to come against that. You know, it's so prevalent today because of uh, the presence of the internet. A lot of you are not on the internet, so you don't have to worry about it, but... There's, it's just infecting so many people, you know, young men, 
and it gets into the church too. Even with the ministers. So none of us are free from temptation in that area. Okay, pray for the nation. Okay, we want the revival. Pray for our leaders and intercessors. Okay, pray for uh, Israel. Pray for uh, Dolly's home country of Thailand. Huh? And Burma. Burma is next door to uh, Thailand. Share a common border. There's a war going on there too with the uh, Burmese government against the Karen tribes people. Many refugees that pour across the uh, border into Thailand. Pray for Ukraine. Other needs? Okay. Okay. So she's got sixty days sobriety and another. Okay. Pray for her. You know, she she's probably safe while she's still there in rehab. But once, yeah, once she gets out, the the enemy's going to come in like a flood again. Right. So. Mhm. Mhm. Okay, is it an alcohol abuse or other? It's alcohol, okay. Okay, well it's a good praise report to know that she's sober now. And where, where does she live? Well, she, she lives in, I believe you can add, um, but um, yeah, she's away and we have to spend there for a couple months. Okay, I, if, if she's willing, I would like to visit her, you know, when she comes out. Okay. Yeah, okay. We'll try to arrange that. Okay, uh, any other prayer requests? Okay, any other requests? Okay. Okay. Any other? Okay, we always pray for our family and friends. And I pray that we can apply what I've been talking about here today. Any of our family or friends are bound up in these uh, life-controlling habits, self-destructive behavior. And finally, unspoken request. You got an unspoken request? Hold your hand high. You want God to meet that? 
Hold it up. Okay, let's go to the Lord in uh, uh, prayer. Okay, Father, we uh, again thank you that you listen to us, Lord, when we approach your throne of grace. Lord, we've got your uh, promise to us, Lord, and an exhortation to boldly approach the throne of grace that we may find the grace to help in time of need. And Lord, we confess our helpless estate. Lord, we've talked about some of the things, Lord, that uh, were powerless before the uh, devil in and of our own strength. So Lord, we have to uh, rely upon you. And Lord God, uh, uh, help us to do like Lord, we just heard in that final song, Lord God, to teach our uh, song to rise to you when temptation comes our way. When we cannot stand, Lord, we'll fall on you because you are our help and stay. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Help us to carry that uh, tune with in, uh, within our hearts, Lord God. Lord, we pray for uh, Pastor Sandra. Lord, we hold her up to you, Lord. We know that she's... Uh, uh, got so much of a broken heart, but Lord, I can sense that, uh, Lord, she still wants to very much be a part of uh, the church here. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, uh, bless her, Lord, with the, your presence, Lord, and bring healing to that broken heart of hers, Lord, and bring healing to her body too, Lord God. Help her to, if she feels like she needs to kind of juggle her medications around, and find a good balance, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, be in that too. But Lord, to help her not to do anything that would uh, put her life in jeopardy. But Lord, we love her so much, Lord. And uh, we know that she loves you so much. And she's responding in faith, Lord God. And uh, knowing that you're still on the throne, even though that you've uh, taken away from her the love of her life, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would guard her heart against uh, bitterness, Lord, for the way things have uh, turned out. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd give her the strength that she needs. Pray, Lord, for healing for her physical body, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you'd lessen her suffering too, Lord, in Jesus' name. Pray for our uh, older folks, Lord, uh, Ethan and Pam and uh, Trevi, Lord, that uh, have their share of physical uh, problems. Pray that you just give them strength, Lord, to proceed. I pray for Susie too, Lord. I know that she's often hurting with her uh, foot, Lord, that was uh, broken a few years ago. So, Lord, I pray that you'd minister to her, Lord. Lord, I pray for uh, Ethan, Lord, that you would just help him to uh, be able to breathe properly. Lord, I noticed that he hasn't been having to use oxygen. Lord, I thank you for that. But Lord God, I pray that you'd minister to him, Lord, that his lungs would function normally. And Lord, that uh, the digestive systems of all three of them, uh, Ethan, Pam, and uh, Trevi, would be functioning normally, Lord God. And Lord, that they would not have to suffer through these ailments. Lord, I pray for Pam's back too. I pray in Jesus' name that you'd minister to her. And Lord, I pray also for uh, grace, Lord. Uh, uh, I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to her back, Lord. I, I know that she's on her feet for so much of the uh, day, Lord, uh, doing her uh, job. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd minister to her. And uh, Lord, help her to uh, not uh, suffer from the back. Lord, I pray for uh, John. 
And uh, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would uh, uh, raise him up, Lord, after having this stroke. Lord, I pray especially for his spiritual well-being because I don't know if he knows you or not. Lord, I pray for uh, Bereen, Lord, who's uh, uh, undergoing this agony. Lord, right now with the kidney stone, pray that she'd be able to uh, <clears throat> pass it and be able to get home again. Pray for her son, Lord, that has suffered this uh, brain tumor and is having uh, trouble just uh, doing the normal things that we uh, uh, do throughout life, Lord, learning how to walk again and the other things that he needs to be doing, Lord. And I pray that you'd guard his uh, brain against uh, having a relapse of that. And I thank you for this, Lord. Pray for worth with his eyes, Lord. He's got the stents in. And Lord, I pray that his eyes would be able to recover from this, Lord, and be able to see normally. Pray, Lord God, that uh, in Jesus' name that you'd bless him and, uh, Lord, uh, bring healing to his body. Lord, for his spiritual well-being too, Lord. And Lord, uh, pray for uh, uh, Grace's friend Kimberly, Lord. I praise you that she's doing well with... Uh, alcohol in her struggle against alcohol and lord i pray that i would be able to meet her and be able to instruct her lord god and uh, how to remain sober and uh, thank you for this and uh, lord uh, uh, we also pray for um, mary lord i pray for she wants a, a dwelling place a place of her own lord so i pray lord that uh, you would open up the doors for a perfect living situation and thank you for this, Lord. Uh, Lord, I also pray for rain for this region. Lord, uh, it's like you've been teasing us recently. We've been seeing a lot of thunderstorms going around, but very little rain in this region. Lord, we really need it. And Lord, they need it out there at the reservation, Lord, where so many of the Native Americans, Lord, are in, involved in the uh, cattle industry, Lord. You know that those cattle have got to have water to drink and, and uh, fresh grass to eat, Lord. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring uh, rain to this entire region. Lord God, we look at uh, Lake Powell and how low the water is, Lord God. I've never seen it this bad before. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless us, Lord God, that this drought would end. And, Lord, to help it to end soon, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would give us rain, not too much that it would bring about flooding, but Lord God, I pray that those reservoirs would be filled now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pray for our nation. Lord, we pray for a revival. Lord, when we see symptoms, Lord, like uh, this spirit of lust that's been uh, sweeping this nation and causing all kinds of havoc, Lord God, and causing all of these people that are deceived lord and satisfied in their sins and thinking that this is normal lord god but it's not normal lord lord the normal is to for people to follow your biblical standard of human sexuality lord of one man one wo woman in the uh, bonds of holy matrimony and raising up families that would be where they would train up the uh, children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We've slid away from that so much, Lord God, and it's because of the spirit of lust. And so we come against that spirit of lust in the almighty name of Jesus, and we demand that it retreat now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, 
get back force of uh, uh, lust, spirit of lust. We rebuke you in the almighty name of Jesus. We take authority over you. We demand that you retreat now in Jesus' name. And Lord, bring us through that revival, Lord. We know that we just desperately need that revival. You've told us to pray for that revival. And Lord, you've said that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then from heaven I will hear and heal, uh, forgive them of their sin and heal their land. Lord, this land desperately needs healing, Lord, because that spiritual sickness has been sweeping across here, Lord God, and leading so many people astray, Lord. Pray for our leaders, Lord God. We've got this... this uh, <clears throat> Election coming up now, Lord, and pray in Jesus' name that all of us would be registered and we'd all go to the polls, Lord God, and um, and uh, uh, that you would give us 